This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Okay, I'm recording. Are you recording? Yes, I'm recording now. (laughs) Welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes, everybody. Uh, This is our second take of the night because my dumbass about 45 minutes into recording did not realize that I was not recording. So that was a fun. We did a dress rehearsal. rehearsal. It was great. It went really well. Yeah, it went really well. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So because now that we're like essentially wasted a freaking hour and it's a school night, <laughs> um Joe and I are not drinking. She has a diet. I'm gonna do this real quick. She has a diet. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're just I gonna powerhouse some, through this. <laughs> I got some good old water. Joe's week's been good. She already has a weekly win ready to go at the end, and my week's been great. The weather's beautiful. We're going to jump into the case now. Okay, here we are. Take Welcome. two. We are doing. Take two. Sorry, y'all. We're just diving on in. Oh, I cannot believe that. Hey, it's inevitable it was well i'm glad i figured that out instead of at the end and then said could you imagine (laughs) (laughs) she goes to stop recording shit (laughs) i would be like and i'm done um there's just not gonna be an episode this week i I don't know it's just gonna be joe it's just joe (laughs) with a lot of silence Um, all right. All right. So what are so, we talking about today? <laughs> well, you already know. Um, <laughs> this week, we are covering the Tinder swindler. Um, I know it's going all over. Everyone's watching it. So I wanted to hop on and talk about it with you guys. So we're going to hop right in. You ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the documentary starts off talking to us about Tinder and kind of explaining what it is, which I'm just going to assume that everyone out there knows what Tinder is. I'm not going to go super far into it. Um, But I think the important thing that they want you to take away from talking about this is that it provides this opportunity to get like international connections because you can put like your radius of how far you're willing to look like you can make it as big or as small as you want. You can look in your own town. You can look, I don't, I don't even know what the max mileage is, but um. So we meet Cecile, and I am just going to straight up say I'm not going to try and say these women's last names. I don't even know how to properly say them. Um, If you just Google the Tinder swindler and their names, they'll come up. Uh, So it's not like it's hard to find them. Um, But Cecile is the first person we meet. She's talking about how, you know, life is about love um, her first memories that she had of love was Beauty and the Beast. Um, the prince coming to save you trope, you know, she was like really into that. And I think, you know, just generally she's a romantic, just a romantic at heart. She had been on Tinder for about seven years. So she was like well versed in how Tinder works. Um, she's from Norway originally, but she lives in England and she was looking for a relationship. She wasn't looking for hookups. Um, 
And they throw in this scene from a Marilyn Monroe movie where Marilyn talks about uh, for a man uh, being rich is like a girl being pretty. It's not essential for love, but it helps. Mm-hmm. So she wanted the full package. She was doing a lot of swiping. Um, she was looking for handsome. She was looking for, I don't think like super rich, but she was certainly looking for somebody who was established, um, traveled, you know, all the things went international. And she finally landed on Simon and he had the look she was into and he had a link to his Instagram and he had a lot of followers and there were a lot of pictures. So, you know, she felt like he was a real person and he was like relatively safe and, um, his pictures on Instagram, there were a lot of cars and beaches, private jets, like good food. And so she decides, hey, might as well. So she swipes right and they match. Mm-hmm. And he responds to the match pretty quickly. Uh, and he tells her that he's leaving London the next day for business and that if she wants to meet up for coffee before he left. Um and she agreed, and he asked her to meet him at his hotel, and he didn't tell her which hotel, but he dropped a pin showing his location, and it showed up as the Four Seasons of London. So she agrees to go, thinking, oh, it's just going to be a quick, like, hour coffee, not a big deal. And, yeah. you know, she walks in the hotel, and it's like, it's the Four Seasons. Like, it's a really nice hotel. And she's a little bit early, so she's sitting in the lobby, and she's waiting, and she's getting nervous. And then finally he walks out of the elevator and he was looking good. Okay. Um, she was into it. She was like, he looks I, like he's supposed to look. I was going to say, she, she's already hit like red flag number two for me at this point. Yeah. Chelsea's not a fan of meeting people at hotels. No, I think I'm it's not. a pretty decently safe spot as long as it's a hotel like the Four Seasons. Like, don't go to like Motel 6 and meet somebody. But that kind of a hotel I think is relatively safe. But Chelsea does not agree. So. I just but we've think already like, had that argument. If any, yeah, if anyone's <laughs> asking you to go to a hotel right off the bat, I'm to me it's like you're gonna go to the hotel bar or some sh- restaurant, get liquored up, and they're gonna be like, "Let's go back to my hotel room," and that's just never. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess to each its own. If that's like, no, get it, do you? But to me, yeah, that's what you're looking for. If that's what you're looking for, but to me, I would be like, ooh, that's how I get kidnapped. I need to well, meet you at like a Starbucks, and then I need you to walk very far away from me before I get into my car. <coughs> There's about to be way, way more red flags. Okay. Um, but she was like really into him. So they go to coffee, and the first thing they talk about is a job, and he tells her that he's the CEO of LLD Diamonds. Okay. Um. He says he got the job from his dad, who was the king of diamonds, and he is the, like, head of this family called the Levive family, which is indeed a diamond family. Family, yeah. In company. Yeah, and we find out that he his last name is Levive, Simon Levive. And we see on the screen a picture of Simon with the Levives, and it, it does, it looks, I mean, you know they look similar enough that you could buy that he was their child. Um, And this is when it kind of starts to feel a little bit like she's starstruck in a way. Um, She's almost like wealth struck. Like she, and I don't blame her. I don't blame her for this. Like when you 
you know, I, I think we would all like to live a life where you just don't have to think about money because you have so much of it. So, like, I'm not faulting her for this, but I think that the thought of having access to this kind of wealth might have blinded her a little bit to some of the mm-hmm. flags. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. saying that she was being stupid. I think that it was just her her focus would, wasn't on the flags. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it would, it's easy if you're not from money to be impressed and like, maybe not impressed, but you to get, get overwhelmed. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Very yep, easily. That's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the conversation turns personal pretty quickly, which Cecile actually likes. Um, He tells her that he has a two-year-old daughter and we see pictures of her. I mean, it's like not her face, but like, you know, there are pictures of her. And we find out through that conversation that he's never in the same place for very long, you know, so because he misses his daughter a lot, which to me, to me, that's a flag because I'm like, Mm -hmm. and not even like a, that you're like a dangerous person, just relationally. And I think you had brought this up in our previous recording. (laughs) Where does that leave? Where does that leave you? Yeah. You know, he's traveling all over the place. So at the end of the date, he tells her that he really likes her and he really wants to get to know her better. And he says, you know, he's going to Bulgaria for a couple weeks via private jet for business. And he asks her if she'd like to join him. This is a red flag for me. What she does. She? I feel like this is like taken in the rich way. Right. Millionaire (laughs) style. Millionaire, billionaire style. (laughs) I agree. No, I agree. Like. So, but she but she doesn't see it that way. For her, she's like, oh, my God, I've never been on a private jet. This would be such a fun opportunity. And that she thought she would be stupid not to go. So Simon has one of his drivers take her back to her place so she can pack, get her passport and whatever, and then meet him at the airport. She's being driven around in a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. So the image is there. Yeah. Um, her friends, though, have a very similar reaction as you and I did. Like, they're, like, freaking out a little bit. They're like, girl, no, this is not safe. Like, there's a lot of red flags here. But she YOLOs it right on her merry little way and gets on the plane. Um, on the plane, it's him, his crew, and we'll talk about those people, um, his kid and his baby mama. So, and she didn't know that they were going to be on the plane, but they were. Whatever. Um... And they are just living it up on the flight. There's champagne. There's sushi. There's caviar. It's just kind of like this experience that, mm-hmm. you know, us normal people, people just don't just have. dream of. We don't <laughs> think it's actually going to happen to us. So once they land, Cecile, the baby, and the baby's mother ended up in a car together. Like, it wasn't on purpose. It was just kind of the way the transport worked out. And she does take the opportunity to pry a little bit. And, you know, the woman says she's he's a wonderful man, a wonderful father. He takes care of them, even though they're not together and just painted like a really wholesome, wonderful picture, which I don't know. To me, that's a little red flaggy. It's not like it's more like an orange flag. Like I'm like, you're not going to spill any kind of tea. Yeah. Not even a little bit. And you brought up, like, even just something like he travels a lot and his work comes first and, like, stuff like that. Like, just be prepared. Um, But, you know, I guess she doesn't know this chick and whatever. So they get to the hotel. They check in. And as the elevator door closes to take them up to their room, they share their first 
kiss and it's so perfect and it's so romantic he just kind of scoops her in and plants one on her and she loves it she's just smitten um and they head off to the room to make sweet sweet love together and again you brought this up last time which i noticed as well because like it was in my head it's like a day a day later which i'm not judging her for having sex with him a day later live your life it's more like girl you're in a different country in a hotel with some guy you don't even know like i don't know (laughs) know. obviously she has not seen taken that's all i'm gonna say i guess not i guess not do you want to shot into true crime sir you no back the fuck off. i am not sharing a taxi with you i'm not sharing a private chat absolutely with you absolutely not absolutely i'm staying at the holiday inn <laughs> that's aka my friends. i'm not staying at the holiday inn but that's what i'm telling you that's what i'm gonna <laughs> tell you yeah no i just girl some i mean Maybe maybe we just have really bad paranoia and anxiety. I mean, we are. I think I think because of like our interest in this, we are hyper cautious. I yeah, think I would so. Never do that. No. And I, and I brought up this point, which, you know, I'm not it doesn't change my opinion about the situation. But just for some context um, for people who like, I don't know, in Europe, it's it's not. It's not crazy to just, like, hop on a flight and go somewhere else, like, in the European Union. Like, you can just go. I don't, like, it's not as major. You can just, like, hop on a flight and go to Spain for the weekend or go to Paris. Like, it's just, it's a little more, a little more normal. Not that it changes my opinion about this particular situation. So, after, you know, their mm-hmm. passionate experience together, um, she notices that he has these marks on his back. So, she asks him what they're from. And he tells her that he was actually in jail in South Africa. So he says that he had like a deal going on there and the people he was working with somehow like framed him for a crime, which is how he ended up in jail. And when he got there, he explains that he wasn't treated well because he was Jewish. And that's how he got the scars. So for me, I'm like, I need deets. You can't just yeah. say I went to jail because I was framed. I need to know. Like, tell me what the crime. Tell me the case. I need to do yeah. my own research. What are you like, being What are we talking about of? here? A, <laughs> right? Exactly. Are you being framed of stealing some, like, beer? Or are we looking at, like, murder? Right. I'm going to need to right. know. I need to know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but she interpreted this as, like, him being vulnerable and kind of felt like it added to their connection. So she kind of felt like, in a way, like he was someone that she could save. No, not our job. Not our job. Yeah, we can't. We can't do it. We can't do it, Um, and it's not our job. mm -mm. So she does acknowledge that things are moving quickly with them, but she did feel like the connection was real, so she was just rolling with it. And then suddenly his phone starts blowing up, and he tells her that things with work are just so busy and you know it might be better for her to just go home um and she was a little bit bummed but she still agreed she was like that's fine and she figured after she went home that it would be the end of it you know just a quick little fling and it was fun and she had a good experience but sure enough the conversation kept going even after she got back they kept talking facetiming there were voice messages videos he would drop pins where he was and send her pictures and Finally, he ended up asking her for her address, and he sent her this huge bunch of roses, like, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of blew her mind. And you can just tell, like, she, 
she likes being treated this way, which yeah. I don't fault her for at no. all. I mean, don't, we all want to be treated that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, like, he's just getting his hooks in a little bit deeper. So, you know, eventually he does come back to England, but it was really hard to meet up with him because he said he was really busy with, like, all of his work and stuff. And, you know, she'd already been planning a trip back home to Oslo, and she invited him to come, but he said he couldn't because, you know, what would he do there? There's no business for him to do. Yep, red flag number 60. Right. And again, not as a swindler, but just a relationship partner. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere where you can't do work? Like, what? She's told him that she understood, but she was still kind of bummed because she hadn't seen him for a long time, and she wanted to, and she missed him. Um, but, you know, she flew over there and everything, and uh, sure enough, he ended up showing up in Oslo. He surprised her. Which, again, she just loved it. She thought it was just the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and once he got there, he told her that he really liked her and he wanted to become official. So they yep. became official. Boyfriend, Boyfriend girlfriend. and girlfriend. I know. That's all in love. But that's when he dropped the first bomb. He told her that he needed to tell her something if they were going to be together. He says that he has this $70 million deal that he's working on closing and that the diamond business is a dangerous business and there were people who were making threats surrounding her security and his security and that had kind of been escalating lately. There had been bullets delivered in the mail, funeral flowers had been sent. He had this apartment in Tel Aviv that he had like cameras on and it showed like break-ins and stuff and... His security team ended up telling him that he had to leave London and he wasn't safe anymore. I mean, I would run. I would run. I know. It's uh, like, I'd be like, this is too much danger for me. I'm not about this life. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Like, no. no. (laughs) And like, I mean, to me, I don't know. It just like comes off the bat. Like, where where are you getting your diamonds for you to be yeah. that at risk that is this dangerous you got, are you, you getting got those your dirty diamonds, diamonds. Yeah, I know. I know. yeah i know yeah that's where i would be like huh i would be like what year is this by the way <clears throat> um it's not that long ago okay a couple so, years they know okay so she knows how to google and, like, I don't know, look up his company and see if there's any, like, articles. Because I feel like if a big billionaire is being hunted down, it would be an article. But that's just me. Well, <clears throat> we're going to get back to that. Hold that thought for just a minute. Okay. She, her reaction is not fear for herself. Her reaction is fear for him. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, like, grab her in this, like, sweet baby face and be like, oh, dear. My, like, sweet little bumblebee. Like, you got to take care of you, girl. Like, you got to take care of you. Um, But she gets home and she tells her friends about about everything that happened. And they start sleuthing about the Levi family. And it became clear to the friends that they were, quote, unquote, Big for a reason. I am not going to go into much about what that means because I don't know. But there were certainly connections with a lot of people in the vein of like Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so they were warning her, like, you need to be careful. Like, this is not a family that seems like they are completely and wholly ethical. Yeah. And I did some Googling in the last recording that did not (laughs) get recorded. And uh, there's some other uh, little sketch, sketchy things that the family's been involved. But I believe Joe said that it's, it it comes up. Okay. So I don't want to give it away. Um. Yeah, I suffice to say, they are not mining their diamonds in factories. We'll no. just put it that way. Maybe some of them. Maybe some of them. <laughs> so I mean that. Yeah, that's our opinion. Maybe we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't we know. Don't know where the diamond. Yeah. The one thing I do know is criminals don't usually put that information on public forums. Oh, I they do don't? know that. Oh, okay. Not usually. Not, not usually. usually. Okay. Okay. Ooh, make life a lot easier if they did, let me tell you. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> at this point, it had been a while since she had seen him. And um, she hopped on Tinder just to check to see where he was. Because um, on Tinder, it'll tell you. It won't tell you where a person is, but it'll tell you how many miles a person is away from you. And so she sees, and it's like it's like a couple thousand miles. So she realizes that he's in a different country again, which made sense to her, right? Because he's in danger. There's people threatening him. Mm-hmm. But she did notice that some of his pictures had changed. Okay. She asks him about this. Like, why would you change your pictures? And he's like, oh, oh, it was, it was nothing. It was, uh, I deleted the app. I deleted the account. We are a team. That's what we're doing. Like, we're together. That's it. And he buys it. Now, I'm just going to let you guys know. There's two things you can do on Tinder. You can pause your account and you can delete your account. If you pause your account, you don't show up in the cards that are swiped, but you do stay visible to your matches. If you delete your account, it's gone. You're not, your card isn't visible to your matches or on the, in the deck while you're swiping. So he, that's, he lied. That's a lie. And like, to me, that would be the end. Yeah. If I'd heard this information, I'd be like, well. Now you're lying to me because obviously, like, you're updating. You're still active. Like, you're still on here. Like, no. And you didn't delete the account. Um, But I think she's just so smitten by the idea of this being somehow successful that she just doesn't see it. Yeah. She's in love with the idea of him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she accepts it and she moves on. So then we meet Pernilla. She is another woman. Um, she says that, you know, she was just chilling one day, swiping away on Tinder, and she sees Simon, um, you know, and he's he's got the look that she's into. And I think he lives more of a similar lifestyle to her. I don't think Camilla kind of ran in those circles, but I think Pernilla does run in those okay. kinds of circles. Um, and so she swipes right, and it's a match. He also responds really quickly to her and tells her that he was in Stockholm for business, but he lives normally in Amsterdam but he asked her if she wanted to come visit him there um, and he booked her a flight on the invoice that he sends her with like you know all the ticket information she sees his email address which directs her to LLD Diamonds and she finds out all the same stuff that Cecilia found his father was a diamond tycoon you know he had lots of money blah 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 blah, blah. and her reaction to this was oh no not another diamond guy because I guess yeah. she had dated a diamond guy before <laughs> I mean diamond can't relate right there yeah, cannot relate. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> cannot relate to that. Oh, another diamond guy. Ugh. God, these diamond men. men. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. So she takes the flight and gets a car to his house, which is in a really, really nice neighborhood. And he comes out of the house looking like a dime. Although she will say he was a bit short for her taste. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to throw that um, in there real quick. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Um, and she describes it as just kind of there was an instant connection, which I'm always a little wary of instant connections, but I think that's my trauma. I don't think that's an actual red flag. Um, after a few hours, she says that it felt like they had known each other for years. They went to this restaurant for lunch and the whole staff greeted him by name and they had all these fancy foods and drinks being brought out. Like they didn't even order. They were just being brought. And there's, I guess, this caviar dish that they reserved specially for Simon and his guests. Um, and she remembers asking him a lot of questions, which for me, I definitely at like if you ask too much, too many questions or you don't af- ask enough questions, I got problems on both ends. It's got to be yeah. that nice sweet spot in the middle where like you're both asking questions, you're both giving information. But for her, she felt like this was refreshing because a lot of times, you know, he, guys will just talk about themselves. So she appreciated mm-hmm. that he was giving her that attention. After lunch, they went on a nice long walk together and stumbled upon this diamond museum. And Pranilla thought, oh, this is perfect. I'll go see, like, the diamond museum with the expert himself. And he did seem to know about what he was talking about. After the museum, he did try to make a move on her, but it just didn't feel right. And so they agreed to stay friends. And when she got home, she did find herself kind of missing the conversation and the connection. And and not in a romantic way, more in a friendly way. Um, And so they continued to talk. And he was doing the same thing as with Cecile. Calls, texts, pictures, check-ins, voice memos, the works. Um, and she says that, you know, they were they were just developing a really solid friendship to the point that once, she remembers, he flew over to see her for coffee one day just because she was having a bad day. Which, for Must me, that's nice. weird. But I think for, yeah, I think for rich people, that's more normal, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I could see, like, maybe... Tr- See, I don't know because we don't run in those circles. But we don't me, know. <laughs> I feel like rich if you're people tell us running with like <laughs> if you're running a business, you're not just going to drop everything because a girl that you're friends with has had a bad day, and now you're going to go fly and have coffee. It does, like that doesn't make sense unless you're like 20 years old on living off of yeah. mommy and daddy's money, and, and you're not actually fun, working baby and you're not actually working. right like then I yeah. could see that but like a grown like this is my job and my life is my job I just don't see that like that's a huge red flag right there too yeah I didn't like it either I didn't like it either so then we jump back to Cecile um she says that he made her feel really special you know the flower deliveries continued the talking continued and finally he asked her one day over text text I know. To move in with him. Like I said before, that's not how you ask someone to move in. You take them out to dinner. You put the ring in a special little present. You yeah. give it to them. You make it special. You make it cute. Like, you don't just be like, oh, you want to move in over text? Like, no. Yeah, no. It's like, what do you want for lunch? <clears throat> or, yeah. Yeah. yeah what like what, a, what can I pick up from the store? Order. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Dude, you need to answer me now. Like, I'm ordering. No. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> like, no. But she agrees. Because she's, again, I think just in love with this kind of, like, fairy tale mm-hmm. that she thinks is happening. Um, 
So she goes apartment shopping and he gives her a budget of $15,000 a month, to which Chelsea said, <laughs> 15000 that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know. It should be more. <laughs> it's, okay, like, he's a, okay, their family's worth a billion dollars. Okay. I looked it up. The Only a billion? Oh, only a billion. Now who sounds like the goddamn snob? I just assumed that was probably more. Only but a that's billion. Probably, that's probably what they legally are worth. <laughs> you said that, not me. Um, yes, I did. I did. Yes, it is. Yeah. According to, I don't know, just as about, it doesn't say where it's from. Um... The uh, is it Forbes, the guy, no, the main guy, the dad, Lev, Lev how do you say the last Levive. name? Levive. Levive. Lev Levive. First off, he's an Israeli businessman. Um, he's an investor of Tajik Berkar. I don't even know. Um, he's known as King of Diamonds and has a net worth of one point billion dollars as of March 2018. So I don't know. Maybe it's gone down a little, but like they got cash. They got cash. And to me, fifteen thousand is like pocket change to a billionaire. Or as that's what uh, they probably spend on their monthly. It's coffee money. Oh yeah, it's coffee money. Like this guy (laughs) is flying around on fucking jets. Like at a whim to get coffee, and you're gonna say my budget is fifteen thousand dollars? <laughs> Chelsea says no, <laughs> no. I'm gonna need. Unlimited. I will tell you which apartment we're getting. Yeah, yeah, I will let you know. I'll let you know. Like, fuck off with your fifteen grand. <laughs> Actually, if anybody wants to give me fifteen grand for rent, that'd be great. That's but. fine. That's fine. That's yeah. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not dating or married to a billionaire so mm. my fallback plan is ruined (laughs) listen if i ever did date or marry a billionaire i would be a bitch if your husband became a millionaire i'm moving in i'm sorry it's happening i could we are sister wifing all up in that place i could already tell if i like for some reason ended up like we would never be billionaires but if somehow we became billionaires oh i would be it's fine i would let the money go to my head for sure i'll i'll enable you because i'm going to be living with you so sounds fine but anyways (laughs) continue that is my uh toxic trait (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure it affects everyone that way i'm sure but, okay, so she's apartment shopping. She's thrilled. She's happy. She's moving in. She's got her Prince Charming. So one day, in the middle of the night, she gets um, a text. And it's a picture of Peter, Simon's bodyguard. And he's got this giant gash down the back of his head. And it's, like, bleeding. And the message after says, Peter hurt. And he explains that there were some men who were going after her. And if it weren't for Peter, they would have all been dead. Um, We see a video in the documentary that I'm assuming he sent to her, but it didn't say that for sure. So I just wanted to disclaimer, but it's Peter in an ambulance and he does look real jacked up. I mean, he's got cuts all over his face. One of his eyes is about swollen shut. And I'm just saying at this point, if I got a text from my boyfriend 
saying my bodyguard just huge big guy big mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. just got his ass whooped because some people were trying to murder you there would be a joe shaped hole in the wall i'm out i'm out i done <laughs> And then what does he tell her, Joe? This is my favorite part. <clears throat> then he tells her that it's okay. Now they're safe. Everything's being taken care of and she can just go back to sleep. Why would you even now from wake the outside. me up? Right. So from the outside. And again, it's not the same as being in it. You know, you got the adrenaline. You got the mm-hmm. emotions. You got the We're anxiety. We're not blaming but... her no, in no, no, any no. way. No, no, no. Absolutely. These, are all, these women are all victims. But from the outside, without all those attachments... It's easy to see that what is happening here is he is generating a crisis so that Mm -hmm. he can then in turn be the one to save her. Yep. So. And my anxiety would not be going back to sleep, by the way. Absolutely not. I'd be on the phone with the police. Yeah. I'd be like, "Uh, can I get a squad I'm going to trust this man. Your like 400 pound bodyguard just got his ass whooped. Are you kidding me? You want me to trust you guys? You're in the hospital. How did you take care of it? So, is my question. Yeah, what'd you do? Yeah, what? How, how, how I'm that gonna happen? need more answers than that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You clearly, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the next day, later, you know, shortly after, he follows up by telling her that now his security team won't let him use his credit cards because apparently this is how his enemies were tracking him by by his spending. So he asks her via a voice memo, a voice memo. They're not FaceTiming. They're not on the phone. It's a voice memo. If she had an Amex that he could link to his account to use temporarily for the next couple of weeks. No, nope. We that's are it. red yep. flag 100 Mm-mm. at this point. Yep. That's a big, giant, huge red flag. And like I said before, I keep saying that like you guys know that this is our second time around. Sorry. We're not very good My at this. My bad. Um, <laughs> I have had experience of somebody else making choices with my financials that put me in a really bad financial situation. So I do wonder if some of my um, mentality was shaped by that experience. Because for me, under no circumstances would I ever allow someone access to any of my financials. Ever. Like, I might loan someone some money. But I would never give them access to my account. To me, that's just like. No, especially if you're just dating. You have and anytime, no legal standing at that point. No, no, no. Absolutely. And, yeah. and even if I loan someone money, if I am in, if I'm ever in a place where I am loaning money, it's always with the expectation that it will not be paid back. Yeah. Like I do not loan people money if I know I need that money. It's like, okay, if I'm, I mean, and yeah, you can pay me back. Sure. That's great. But if I loan someone money, it's because it's flexible money and I don't expect you to pay me back. If you do great, but I don't expect it. Also, I'm surprised she's not like, I can't because I can't afford your lifestyle well he maxes out the Amex real quick mm-hmm. so because she does it she she agrees she's like oh of course I would I'm your girlfriend we trust each other absolutely and um so he gives she gives it to him and he maxes it out really quickly but he does make a payment on it he sends her an invoice for the amount of the payment that he makes 
And then he asks her if she would come visit him in Amsterdam and bring with her a large amount of cash. And she asks him why they need cash. And he said, because it was untraceable. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? James fucking Bond? What do you, I know. You, sm- you do diamonds. You're not an international fugitive. Like what? No. Like, are you smuggling secrets from other governments? Are you a spy? Like, like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. No, but not at she, all. she took out, and again, from the outside, very different when you're in the experience. Um, so she took out a loan, she got the cash out, and off she goes to Amsterdam. And I just, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm like, where are her friends? Where are her parents? Why is nobody telling her this is bad? This is bad look. This is a bad idea. Um, and maybe she wasn't telling them everything. I mean, I know I've been in situations that were stupid and I didn't tell everybody everything, so I get that. She needs an intervention, um, though, for sure. Yeah. As I said, if this happened, Chelsea would drive to my house, lock me in a closet, mm-hmm. and be like, you can come out in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> I would, like, slide food under you, underneath, like, I'll figure out how to get you food, yeah. and here's a bucket to pee in. Yeah. Give exactly. me your phone. That, you that have would no do. human contact for the next 48 hours. <laughs> You're done. Like, you, you need, need to get it out. You got to sweat it out, Joe. Sweat it out. <laughs> like done so yeah absolutely and you should always do that if I ever get so she gets there and it's a nice reunion but within an hour his security team is freaking out telling them they're not safe again delete your Instagram and he tells her she's got to make her Instagram private because the people were tracking them down and so I just want to get this straight he's telling her that his enemies we're tracking him via credit card spending. But prior to it getting to that point, his security team hadn't figured out that if they can access and hack a credit card company's information, they probably should delete their social medias. That didn't well, come out before. Also, if these people, his quote unquote enemies, wanted him dead at this point, his ass would be dead. Probably. I mean, they just beat the shit out of Peter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't get it. I'm confused. No. Well, it gets worse. Okay. Also, side note, this is where I realized I was not recording. So now everything is brand new to me. <laughs> okay. Well, we got a tiny bit more. I think you do remember. Oh, no. I don't think you did. No. Um, then he tells her, oh, no, you did. Then he tells her that she's in danger. He gets a call from Peter. He puts it on speakerphone. And Peter's no, like, No, I didn't hear this You've part. been found. The plane is ready. you got to leave. Turn off all the lights in the apartment and wait for me to pick you up. I didn't hear that So part. they're like turning the lights off and hiding like they're not there, waiting for Peter to come and get them. Why don't you Again, call 911? Joe shape hole in the wall. Yeah, I would not be around for this. No. The criminal life is not for me. It's not for me. It's just too much anxiety. (laughs) No. So they get him out of there. They get her back, heading back to London. And he is heading off to Stockholm, where he can be safe. So then we hop over. We're back into Pernilla. And she tells us that she gets a message from him that he's in Stockholm. And he's going out you know, to party, and he invites Pernilla to come with. She's like, absolutely, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. 
Um, he's paying for the whole party at the club. He's paying for champagne, for bottle service. He's paying cash, getting food. Like he's he's he is paying for the party. Okay. Peter's of course there with him, and she only stays for about fifteen minutes or so because it's not really her scene. But she tells him like have fun and texts her in the morning. So the next day she asks him, you know, how's the hangover? And if you want to meet for coffee, let me know. We'll go grab coffee. And he replies with a pin from Barcelona. So he's already gone. Yeah. He's like, as soon as she walks out of the club, he's like, eh, guys, stop. Stop. We're done. We're done. And we're done. She and left. we're done. Like, we're done. We're done. Let's go. <laughs> Wrap it up. But what you're starting to see is overlapping timelines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he just fled Cecile to Who be in Stockholm for his safety. are we going to meet in Barcelona? Yeah, well, who knows? So, now we jump back to Cecile. She hears from him that the Amex that he had con- she had connected for him wasn't working because, you know, he's traveling so much, mm-hmm. so there's, like, flags. And he needs her to call uh, the company and tell them it's okay, but she has to lie and pretend like it's her, that she's the one traveling and using the card. And, um, and she'd get it sorted for a couple of hours, but then it would get cut off again. She'd have to call them back. That's too much damn work. I got a life, dude. Figure it out. Stressful. Go sell a freaking diamond. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. Get a new card. Get a new card. Why is? Why exactly? Why is he asking her for this? Like, then the credit limit was not large enough, and he needed her to raise the limit, and she didn't know how that was gonna work because she's like, "This is what I make. This is the money I make. Like the comp. Like they're not gonna extend my credit." And Amex is pretty fine pretty like intense about that stuff Mm -hmm. and he says no problem i'll just employ you so he adds her to the employment registry and she's like well i don't really work there and he's like oh no no you do now so if they call you say you do oh if this isn't illegal it's certainly towing the line and i don't know maybe i'm crazy But if my significant other was asking me to do things that even towed the line of what is legal, with the exception of weed, it's not a significant other I want in my life. Like, that's dangerous. I mean, I don't know in Europe, but I'm pretty sure if you add somebody to your payroll and then you, like, that to me is probably, like, if you add someone to your payroll that's actually not working for you so that you can get a credit limit raised and like swindle money yeah the u.s government's not gonna play that game it's flags it's so many flags Mm -hmm. it's like and and but again she's just so caught up in the romance of it all that she just can't see it yeah angel face thing i just want to hug her um so now she's suddenly on record as earning ninety four thousand dollars a month and amex up the limit immediately yeah yeah. But rent's only 15000 a month. Good point. See, see, you <laughs> thought I was being a snob. It does not make sense. Thank you. Good point. <laughs> um, so they get the limit up. And he sends her a check for $250,000 to cover what he was spending, which actually was a lot more than what he was spending. And so now she's, like, just fully hooked. Like, she is out the water. She's on the line. She's in the net. The fisherman is, like, about to grab her. It's mm-hmm. it's just, she's done. We hop over to Pranilla again. She's texting with Simon. And he tells her that he's got 
uh, this girlfriend named Paulina, and he sends her pics of this woman. And Pranilla tells him, oh, you guys should meet us in Mykonos because we're going to Mykonos soon. So you should come. And they do. So at the same time, this is overlapping with a trip that he told Cecile, uh, Cecile that he'd go on with her to Oslo to meet her friends and family. Um, and he keeps postponing with Cecile about when he's going to arrive until finally he just ends up canceling because his security team says it wasn't safe. Flags. Okay. So and so she's essentially see. paying for his vacation <clears throat> in Nikos with a, another girl. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Not, like, consistently. Oh. I'd catch episodes here and there. There's, like, an episode where they're, like, forgot who plays the character. Um, oh. Katy Perry plays the character, and she kind of mm-hmm. plays this, like, aloof girl and I don't know it's like a it's like they ask um her name is honey and but like they always like hear like oh honey and then like honey will say something like oh yeah he let me um he let me money but then I cashed a check and it bounced or something like that and they go oh honey (laughs) like that's kind of how I'm scene yeah. like her in my head when she likes telling her story I'm just like oh honey no oh honey I know I know <laughs> like I just want to grab her and take her away from all of it and be like yeah. she is too pure she is too pure it's just too much so he cancels the trip claiming safety issues and meanwhile, this dude is living it up in Mykonos with Paulina and Pernilla in the 5000 a night grand suite of this hotel, telling Cecile he needs more money for his team to tr- travel business class to some other place for their safety. And we see videos of him and Paulina living it up in Greece at the same time. Mm. $20,000 is gone in three days. Jeez. They go to this place called the Bonbonier Club, which is always, it's jokingly called the Billionaires Club. And, um, you know, it's just, he's paying for everything. Like, he's paying for everyone and everything. And and mm. Pauli, or Pernilla is there, like, with all of it. And she thinks he's just being, like, a really nice, generous guy. But $20,000 is gone in three days. Yeah. So Cecilia takes out a $40,000 loan. Simon, at this time, Simon and Paulina, this new girlfriend, are traveling the world. Every cup, they're going on what uh, Pernilla calls us a summer tour. Oh, like, okay. just going to beaches and, and living extraordinarily. Cecile takes out a $40,000 loan because he says he needs more money for more flights for more safety. Every couple of days, he's asking for more money. And this whole time, the $250,000 has yet to show up in her account. Yeah, because it's fake. He keeps guilting her about his safety and needing more money, essentially so he can wine and dine Paulina. Mm -hmm. So summer ends and $250,000 is now her total debt, Cecile. Mm. Conveniently, the number that the check was. I know, girl. I mean, that's just... mm. Mm. So we jump back to Cecile. 
and she's getting frustrated. So he tells her to come to Amsterdam so he can actually like give her the check because she tells him she's like, the check's not coming up. Like, I need to pay my bills. I don't know what to do. Like, I've got to pay stuff. And so she does. And she she gets there and she can tell immediately that the vibe is off. She gets the hotel room and the, the check is already sitting there waiting for her. And it's for way more than how much that he borrowed. And they kind of try to be together, but, like, she can tell there's a distance between them now. Yeah. And her name is Paulina. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, <clears throat> once she gets back to London, she deposits the check. And after four days, there's still no sign of the money in her account. Mm. So she calls oh. the bank, and they tell her that they're not going to deposit the check, but they couldn't tell her why. So she's like, What? So she's asking him about this. She's like, what's going on? Like, and he says, I don't know, but I gave you the fucking check. So like, I'm done. I did my part. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the problem is. I saw the mm-hmm. money leave my account. That's it. And that's when she saw that shift that con men have when they're done courting you. And yeah. She realizes like I got everything was- I can out of you and now I'm done with you. Yeah. And she realized that she was in deep shit. So she calls the Amex helpline and she tells them like everything and they tell her to just stay put and they were going to come talk to her. And she's like freaking out because she's like, well, about to get arrested. I'm going to jail. That's it. That's the end. But when they get there and she shows them a picture, both of the people that are there look at her and they say, that's the guy. And Cecile suddenly understands that he is a professional con man and Simon Mm -hmm. Levive is only and they tell her that Simon Levive is one of only one of the many names that he's used. Oh. And I just that's when I just want to hold her. I just want to hold her like a little baby in my arms and be like it's going to be okay. Everyone just take a deep breath. Oh, it's gonna be that's okay. where I wish like if you're like okay, we know that she was conned, like debt should just be forgiven and it should go directly to him. Like I don't know. To me there's got to be some like you give me late fees for let's, like a 30 second charge. Let's get into that. Let's get into that when we talk about his trial. Okay. Um, because yes, I do agree with you. So what does she do? What's, what's the first, she first thing that you it. do? No, she calls her mom. Oh, I thought she was gonna be like, no, it can't be. No, she's oh. like, mom. And she tells her mom everything. And her mom is like, you got to come home. Like, we got to deal with this. You need to be here. Yeah. We've got to deal with this together. And so she does. She goes home. Um, you better get rid of that $15,000 apartment. I don't think they actually got it. I don't think they actually did. Okay. Well, that's And when, she, yeah, while she's there, um, she decides to block him from her phone because she realizes that there's nothing else to say like the reality of like what just happened to her hit her Mm -hmm. now he did have his mom her mom's phone number from just to contact her from before and he did call and he left a message telling her that she needed to watch her back from him yeah no like like watch her back from me like i'm coming after you yeah, like it's like oh. all this like uh, I'm gonna get you, like you're gonna pay for what you're doing to me, stuff like this. Blah 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 blah. And they call the police in Norway, 
because he did have a lot of her information. He knew where she was staying. He knew all this stuff, but they couldn't really do much. Unfortunately, it's kind of like stalking situations mm-hmm. here. Like we just don't have the laws or infrastructure in place to be able to take legal action. She spent the next little while kind of just calling her creditors because like she had like seven, eight, nine different creditors at this point. And oh she just kind of told them everything that was happening and explaining the situation being like, I'm not going to be able to pay you guys back for a long time. Like, yeah, I need a payment plan. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, and she says that she felt like she was drowning and she was even having thoughts of passive suicide. Which really scared her, so she decided to check herself into the hospital for a while because she was worried that she might succumb to the pressure of the overwhelming debt that she was now, she now realized she was facing. Mm -hmm. So we jumped to Pernilla. So one day, she gets these texts from Simon with all these news articles, which were the ones that you saw, about a billionaire son being held in prison on a smuggling case. Members of his family have been arrested. Russia's involved. A woman at the LLD building jumped to her death, um, which Simon tells her that he thinks was a murder, not a suicide. And so Pernilla's like freaking out, like, dude, what is going on? And he starts with all the security stuff with her. Then one night she wakes up to the texts of Peter. Remember the one where his head was split open? Yeah. So he's got the picture of Peter. He's got the videos of Peter in the ambulance. It's the same ones. It's the same ones that he sent. Only this time, it was that somebody was trying to stab Simon, and Peter saved his life. That was the story he told. Um, Okay. And then here comes the ask. He says he wants to borrow $30,000 so that he can fly to somewhere where he's safe. Now, she didn't have that kind of cash, like, on, like, uh, spare, but she did have it in her savings. And so... That was her friend. She gave it to him. How do you have $30,000 in savings? I think she ran in. Yeah. I think I think Pernilla comes from a little bit more money. So then we jump back to Cecile. She's in the hospital kind of trying to put things straight in her head. And she's kind of going through pictures and videos. And, and it occurs to her that there had to have been so many other people involved in the scam. Um, or that, or maybe, maybe they weren't. She didn't really know. There was Peter, the bodyguard. There was the woman with the baby. There was his business partner. And she wondered if all of them were in on it. So she calls Amex back and she asks if they can give her any more information about the the guy. And they tell her, Google Shimian Huda Hayut. Okay. And she finds an article that says, Israeli multimillionaire who cheated on women. As she reads the article, which is from 2015, she realizes that he was running the exact same scam on three Finnish women even back then. He oh did goodness. spend three years in prison for it, or but it was for fraud. It wasn't the South Africa thing. Um, and it was now that Cecile realized that he wasn't going to stop and that someone had to do something about it. And, and that's someone the was one gonna be, is gonna be her. So she writes to the biggest newspaper in Norway, which is called VG, and they decide to take the story because fortunately she had so much documentation about everything that happened with her messages on WhatsApp. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, it did stress her out a little bit because she's like, everyone's going to know everything about our private life. But for her, it was worth it. It was worth it. 100%. So expose him. Yeah. So the newspaper contacted the authorities and were able to get the names of the previous victims, the Finnish women, from the article. And um, they asked Cecile if she recognized any of these women because she finds the they show her pictures and uh, or sorry, she searches the names and sees pictures. And she realizes that one of the victims was the woman on the plane with the child. <gasps> Damn. I'm just not even going to go into reasons why that woman might not have said anything to her to warn her, but I wonder she did have a child. She did. She didn't have a child. So who's the child? No, no, no. I was, and that's what I'm saying. She did have a child. So maybe. (gasps) Oh, okay. It was her child. She was. No, it was. Yeah, it was her child. And it is Simon's child. Like it is. Um, I just, you know, you make different choices after Mm -hmm. you have a child than you do when you don't. And so perhaps she was protecting her child's future. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Still. Yeah. I think I would have wink, wink, nudge, nudged her right on out of that situation. Yeah. So anyways. We hop back to the newspaper, which is now communicating with the police to try and get charges brought against Simon. But they have to prove that Shimon Hayut and Simon Levive were the same person. So they turned to both people's countries of origin, which were Israel. They contact a journalist there, and he is able to track down Shimon's last known address. So the reporters or the journalists from VG head off to Israel. Um, they get to this kind of small rundown apartment building in this community with a very large population of Hasidic Jews, mm-hmm. which is just a big, big contrast to like the lifestyle he lives. Yeah. And um, by the way, the actual like billionaire of this diamond company does give money. Um, it does like help out and does charity events for the Hasidic Jewish community. So interesting goes into that um so they get to the door with that's his address Mm -hmm. and there's mail there that's addressed to shimon it appears actually to be a debt collection letter Hmm. and while they're there they run into his mom um they tell her that they're looking for him and she says well so am i um they (laughs) tell her what he did for a while (laughs) And she says that she has had no contact with him since he was 18. She said that he changed his name and his address a long time ago. She says he's not Hayut anymore. So the reporter asks her, or the journalist asks her, who lives here? And she says, Levive. Okay. So she does know that he changed his name, um, but it does seem like they have had no contact. So they head to the local police station and they show them Simon's picture and they recognize him immediately and confirm that he did change his name to Simon Levive in 2017. And we see a picture of his passport with his photograph and the name Shimon Yehuda Hayut. Then they proceed to show us several passports with several different names. Simon, mm. Michael, and Mordecai. Mordecai. We learn. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's we, a jump. <laughs> Simon, we Michael, Mordecai. We learn that he's been in. <laughs> like, it's just. 
You just glossed over that name. Like, that's a very common name. I mean, <laughs> it's not an uncommon Jewish name. I've met Mordecai's. I, mean, I have never met a Mordecai. And when I hear of Mordecai, <laughs> I think of, like, Children of the Corn. No offense to anybody with that name. But <laughs> I think of Esther's father from um, the Bible story. <laughs> oh, I went a whole different direction. <laughs> His name was also Mordecai. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> but anyways, we learned that he's been in the con game for a very long time. In 2011, he was accused of stealing a check from his employer. Then he moves on to other stolen checks and forged checks. And he was caught for this. And when he was a, supposed to appear in court, he fled the country. So he remains a wanted man in Israel. So they leave Israel with success. They have confirmed that Simon mm-hmm. and Shimon are the same person, and now they just have to track Simon down. So we jump to Pernilla. He gets in touch with her and tells her, you know, everything's okay, but we need a little bit more money. And uh, at this point, she does pause and question him about when he was going to pay her back, and he assures her soon and that everything's okay, and so she sends him another $10,000. And then the next week, he sends her a bank receipt of a transfer of ten of $100,000. Okay. And so she's like, dude, thank you. That's so sweet because that's like $60,000 more than what he borrowed her. But again, the money never came. She asks why. He makes all these excuses about how he needs to fly to the bank and sign something with his lawyer to authorize the transfer. transfer. And so she pays for the flights with her Amex. And he confirms that the money left his account, but nevertheless, he asks for help with a few more flights, and she agrees. But again, a few days later, the money never shows up, and she Mm -hmm. asks him, what is the deal? I have to pay my bills. And he's like, they put a stop on my account for some reason, but I can just give you one of my watches. I have one that's worth over $100,000. I'll book you a flight so you can come get it. Mm, Girl. None of this is okay. None of this is okay. None of it. It's all just, it's getting so wildly out of hand. I'm just like, and at this point, I think Pernilla is just kind of like on the hook because she's like, I need my money back. Like, yeah, they're all on the hook. It's, and, and, well, I think for her, she's not caught up in the romance because they don't have a relationship. So I don't think she's like buying his story as much as she's like, I just need my money back, dude. Like, I just need my money back. So. We hop over to the journalists. They're trying to track down Simon. So they go back through all the stuff that Cecile had given them and found Amex receipts with flights on them. And in addition to the flights, it had names. And they see the ones they expect, Peter, his uh, his business partner, those people. Mm-hmm. But they see one, various names of women, one of whom is named Pernilla. So they contact mm. her. They tell her everything. They're like, listen, this guy's a con man. He's conned this one woman. We're trying to track him down. We've done all this stuff. And she starts freaking out. She immediately forwarded the message to Simon. And he tried to brush it off saying, oh, that's just my enemies trying to track me down. Just ignore it. It's nothing. But she's not completely reassured. Girl. The journalist calls her. He actually calls her and asks to meet up with her in Stockholm. And she agrees. And he just explains more of like everything with the details and she's just in shock and she also realizes after hearing about cecile that the amount of money that she lost in addition to how much money pernilla had lost did not account 
for how much money he was spending. He was spending so, so, so much more. So that's when they all realize that it's a Ponzi scheme. He's scamming one woman to pay for a thing, you know, time with another, scamming her to make more money and all this other stuff. The good, the, the interesting part of his scam and what makes it so ingenious is that it's never his money. So he always has the excuse of being able to say that he was just borrowing it, borrowing the money. And looking at it with this lens, they all start to realize this is why he's always on the move. It makes it way harder for individual governments who obviously have much smaller budgets than him to track him down. And for them, you know, it's a small issue. It's like one or two women in their country who are getting mm -hmm. scammed. So it's just not worth the resources. So VG asked Pranilla if she has any way of knowing where he is. And she's like, yes, I can do you one better. I've got a flight booked and I'm going to meet him in Munich. So they want to film him there to prove that it's possible to find him. So they set up this whole sting operation, operation to try and basically catch a picture of him and prove that it's him. So Pranilla gets on the flight, flies to Munich, um, and they are able to catch a picture of him and Pranilla leaving the airport. Pranilla's stressed, of course, because she knows what's going on, but she's trying to play it cool. And she goes to dinner with him with the journalist keeping close tabs. And he gives her the watch and, you know, they catch him when he's leaving the hotel and they're like hiding in this uh, parking garage across the way and they take pictures of him. And that's actually one of the pictures that's like on the cover of the uh, Tinder swindler. Um, and mm. they actually see this. Simon and his business partner see this and they start freaking out and they like shove Pernilla in the car and they're driving around like lunatics saying that it's his enemies and they're after him and she is just playing the part of this ignorant, naive, terrified girl. And finally, she's oh like, let gosh. me out of the car. Let me out of the car. And he does. And she's like, I was out. And so she gets out. She gets away. She takes the watch to a pawn shop. Of course, it's a fake. Oh, yeah. Shocker. I know. Big surprise. So she gets back to Stockholm. And Pranilla wants to call Simon out. Like, she wants to talk to him about this situation. Um, so they decide to film it and she tells him she knows everything. He keeps denying. She stands firm and like what she knows and presents the facts. And he just starts yelling at her and resorts again to threats saying, you double cross me. You're going to pay for it. So like, finally, I already did pay for it. Literally. Have all my money. <laughs> so the story comes out. And, of course, the women get victim blamed a lot. And I don't like that. I mean, I really no. think that that's just like unfair. I mean their victims completely um but the story went viral his face and his name were all over the internet and cecile was happy because now she was like when you google his name when any girl on tinder googles his name all this shit pops up yeah and pernilla and cecile meet and decide that they're going to go after this man with combined force they wanted everything everyone to know everything about him and they wanted different countries to start to wonder like did he scam people in our country and put some pressure on the police to start taking action and they just became flooded the newspaper just became flooded with reports of other people who had also been scammed and not just women and it wasn't just romance cons mm. it'd be like ten thousand dollars here forty thousand dollars there fifty thousand dollars that other place but still nothing happened to simon so then we meet Eileen. <clears throat> she had been visiting her boyfriend. And while she was waiting for her plane to leave, she's just scrolling through IG and suddenly sees a picture of her boyfriend on one of the feeds. And it linked to this article about the Tinder swindler. 
Oh, that's a fun thing. She to realizes come that that boyfriend is the Tinder swindler. It was mm. Simon. So she sends the article to Simon and he starts blowing up her phone, but she's about to take off anyway. So she just downloads the article, puts her phone in airplane mode and reads it and realizes that these women's stories and hers are really similar. Now, she had been dating Simon for 14 months. As she's going through the article, she sees some videos that he had sent to Cecile and realizes they're the same videos he sent to her. Oh, my gosh. She realizes. I know. She realizes some of the texts are the same. Um he sent Cecile to Amsterdam, which is where Eileen is from, the same time that they were dating. He told her he when he flew to Oslo to see Cecile, he told her that he was flying there for business. Um, he told her business in Munich went bad. Um, and that was when he was meeting up to see Pernilla to give her the watch. Um, she got the Peter pictures and, and the story that he told her was that it was his enemies who beat Peter up. And then she does tell us that she had lent him money. It started small, but over time it grew to over $140,000. Jesus. She realizes with this article that he had been spending her money on other women. So she lands in Amsterdam and of course he's calling her and trying to make excuses saying that um, Cecile and Pernilla were paid by his enemies to falsify their story, to make him look bad. I mean, he's just grasping at straws at this point. Yeah. Girl, and call Amsterdam and be like, I'm literally meeting with him. Can I get a cop? She calls the police. Oh, okay. Good. And good girl. they say that they're still working on the case and need time to get it stronger before they can pick him up. But she didn't have time. So she found Pernilla on Instagram and told her, like, everything – and she says that she wants to help him get arrested. But first, she wants her money back. Mm -hmm. So she convinces him that she totally believes the story. Um, she plays it cool. He does keep telling her that he needs money, though. He said, okay. pawn your car, sell your house. So she decides she's going to con the con man. She tells him that she thinks she has a way to get money. She says, let me sell some of your clothes because he had all these like designer clothes. And we can generate some cash. And he said, okay, and books are a flight. But before she leaves, he has a credit card sent to her with the name David Sharon on it. She calls the police to let them know that Simon is creating a new identity. So she gets to Prague, which is where Simon is, and his address is way out in the boonies. So, like, the closer she's getting, the more stress she's getting about the whole situation. Um, and she pulls up, but it seems like he's not on to her. He tells her that he has an appointment the next day in downtown Prague and he wants her to go with him. And she does. And it's to a plastic surgeon. Oh my and he's gosh. there because he wants to get his cheekbones changed, his chin, his nose, his lips. And the surgeon says he won't do the surgery because only criminals want this type of surgery. Yup. The next day, she packs up three massive suitcases of his clothes. Simon gives her a letter to read on the plane and she pieces the fuck out. And she does actually read the letter that he wrote to her. Um, and it's just all bullshit. You're amazing. Let's have a family. I love you. You've got to help me. I'm so blessed. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you can watch the documentary if you want to read it. But she gets back and she sells that shit. In the meantime, telling Simon, oh, no, I haven't sold anything yet. I haven't sold anything yet. Um, she wasn't able to make back everything that she had taken 
that he had taken from her, but it did help. And after mm-hmm. a few weeks, he realized that she wasn't going to give him the money back and he turned aggressive. Like it, it's yeah. just, it's near manic. Like the messages you hear him being nice, then he gets aggressive, then he's calm, then he's angry. It's just like, it's insane. It's clear that he's like frustrated that he got conned. Yeah. And now he has Taste no Taste of one. your own medicine. Yeah. So now everyone knows. So he has no way to get money. And he literally ends up sleeping in hostels and eating leftovers from like food courts. And he finally asks for money from Eileen one last time to fix this mess. She realizes in like trying to pry for what he means by fix this mess that her texts aren't going through on the other end. WhatsApp will tell you if like your message is delivered, which means he must be on a flight. She concluded that he must be on a flight. So she remembers that he had been talking about going to Greece. So she looks up flights from Prague to Greece and she finds one that is exactly at that time that her messages stopped getting received. So she emails the police telling them that he's on the flight. He's probably not using the name. He's probably using that new name, David Sharon. She sent the pictures of the credit card and everything that he had sent her with that new name on it. And the next thing she hears from him is that he got arrested by Interpol for traveling with a face fake passport when he landed. Holla. Yeah. Eileen calls Pranilla. Pranilla calls Cecile. And they're all just thrilled. He got convicted in Israel. And he got 15 months, but he was released after five. He started a business that gives business advice for a fee. His bodyguard and business partner never got charged for anything. The mother of Simon's child denies any wrongdoing. Polina, the woman from Mykonos, dumped his ass. And Simon now lives free in Israel, still flexing it up with expensive things. He has been back on Tinder, and his current girlfriend is an Israeli model. The women are still paying off their debts, and Simon was never charged with defrauding them. It is estimated that he has swindled $10 million from victims across the globe. He was asked to be a part of the movie and replied with a voice memo saying, I will proceed with a lawsuit against you for defamation and lies. And that's basically all a lie, and that's it. That's how it's going to be. And they finish the story saying that Cecile is still on Tinder looking for love. And that's the story of the Tinder swindler. He got it. I can't even say it. I'm so pissed. So because apparently this particular recording has to have everything go wrong, I lost a chunk of audio right at the end. So my weekly win was that I got approved by insurance to get a new roof. Woot woot. And I will let Chelsea take over with her weekly win. So my weekly win is um, we're doing like a little brunch club on my street and I'm hosting it. So I'm excited. I know I might have to sip a little bubbly. It's brunch doesn't count. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to try my best, but peer pressure is real, y'all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there we go. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs>